0: Our Friday panel in studio live with us this morning uh, to talk about the issues of the week. Our guests this week, uh, two very outspoken people, I think it's fair to say, former sligo Leitrim Fianna Fáil TD and Senator at one time John Ellis, who was first elected to the Dáil back in 1981, and the former President of the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, Martina Harkin Kelly. You're both very welcome and, and thanks for joining us. Uh, this morning and we've lots to get through and already there are questions coming in for both of you, uh, which is interesting. But I think we might start with the Vicky Phelan, uh the sad passing of Vicky Phelan and her legacy and maybe we might touch on criticism of politicians paying tribute to her and there was a feeling that they shouldn't have done that in accordance with her wishes. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Vicky Phelan, Martina? First First and
1: foremost, I suppose, sympathies to Vicky's family, her mother and father, Gabby and John, and in particular her two very young children, which we can't lose track of in all of this, who've been dealing with this issue over the last four to five years. So from there were about seven and 11, uh, appropriately, because they're now 16 and uh, 11. So to Amelia and um, to Dara and Jim, her husband, uh, our deepest sympathies, Vicky was an absolute a stalwart, she was a tower. She moved mountains for um, women in Ireland and she moved mountains with huge difficulty because anybody that takes on the system uh, you know, doesn't take it on with eyes shut. They take it on with eyes wide open. Yeah. And I think she knew exactly what she was getting into. And to a certain extent, there's a sadness in that as well because it took her away from her family and maybe meaningful time that she could have spent with her family because she was fighting a system. Even down to the drugs that she required, the Pembro, uh, you know, the eight and a half grand that that cost a month. Fighting with her over, you know, stuff like that. Um, I just... You know, I I feel for her. I hope her legacy, I hope her legacy, holds. I hope that there's not another debacle um, in cervical services or in any cancer screening service. Because when mm-hmm. they've learned a lesson in one, they should learn a lesson for all of them. Because screening uh, services utilize predominantly the same model so it shouldn't really move too much from one to the other okay. with regards to the book of condolence yeah well first do you think the legacy or the uh,
0: <coughs> her legacy will be a positive one and the lessons have been learned or will, I, I
1: would hope will it would tell? but I know friends of mine that yeah. haven't been called haven't been called for cervical smears and it's been eight years nine years okay. 10 years so that's a worry um, over the COVID... Literally all of those testing systems were gone. Yeah. Um, so that's a worry uh, that there could be delayed diagnosis again okay. uh, for women with uh, changes uh, in their okay. cervix.
0: And the politicians paying tribute as uh, many of them did and there were speeches in the doll.
1: I think I, always as a politician, uh, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. That's the first premise I'll use. I suppose if I was in the shoes of any politician, I would have said no. I'm very clear on those two little words, the two letters, and and they're 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 quite strong. I'd have said no to any book of condolence And any sort of a, a political prem, a premises or a premises that's associated with political, mm. um, you know, policymaking or regulation or anything like that. Definitely whatever about a book of condolence may be outside of a political arena where it's seen to be coming from the public, yes, but the photo opportunity, absolutely no. Categoric.
0: Right, okay. John, what are your thoughts on, on For, Vicky Feeling's First of all, I would
2: uh, also like to express my sympathy to Vicky Phelan's family because they have had the last four or five years in the media on a regular basis. But I will say one thing, Vicky Phelan has done the women of this country some service and it has to be recognised. She took up the gauntlet on their behalf and she fought the battle. Even she was fighting her own health battle at the same time. Mm -hmm. And what I think is that she has exposed what we have all known, even in politics, that there was cover-ups on a regular basis in different institutions, And these cover-ups should never have been allowed. But what happened was that the thing got out of control and senior management in some of these operations just basically said, look, if we expose this, I'm destroyed. So we can't do it. Mm. So it's sad. But what I think that the uh, benefit that should come from this is that open declaration has to come on all fronts and only for Vicky Phelan was capable of reading upside down we'd never have known it and we would still have the same situation prevailing today for women up and down the country. And, and that's that the real right.
0: tragedy here, isn't it?
2: Like, it's a major tragedy, but it's one tragedy where there could have been hundreds of others yeah. for all we know. We, we don't know, you see. What, a, all these investigations turn up a certain amount, but they never actually get to the root of the cause and there is never anyone whom the finger is finally pint and say, look at X, Y or a Z, is responsible for this, that didn't take the appropriate action in time. And there again, gone, moved yeah, on.
0: But that, you know, that has always been the case, has it not?
2: In, in it Irish hasn't always life. been the case. Because mm. the funny thing is, if a politician or a minister got into a hassle, they had to walk the plank. And we see it across the, the water at the moment, three or four of them had to walk the plank in the last month. Yeah. But what's happening now is that in a lot of institutions, they've become top-heavy with management and nobody is prepared to take a decision.
1: Yeah, you're right, John, because there's no accountability and there's no such thing as duty of candour for anybody in a kind of public office in, in this country. Nurses and midwives would be called to task if they made a mistake or a boo-boo, because we have to face our regulator. So we lose our licence to practice if we're taken in front of a fitness to practice. If any sort of an issue goes in to the Nursing and Midwifery Board of Ireland, even if it's only an allegation, it has to be investigated, preliminary proceedings carried out. And then if it's deemed to be, uh, you know, an issue or an allegation that can stand the rigour, it's brought through the whole process and that nurse or midwife could be struck off the register. All right,
0: OK. And John, were, were you still a TD? Would you would you see the need to, to stand up and pay tribute, as you have done this morning here, live with us, to Vicky Phelan? Or was it a case of...
2: My, my honest opinion is that Vicky Phelan's request for her funeral to be private should have been left private. Mm-hmm. And if the... Three parties, <coughs> the, the party leaders in Leinster House wanted to issue a press statement expressing their sympathy. It should have been done. It shouldn't have been done publicly in the doll because uh, they had, the family had made a request. And I would hope that all media will accept that and that we won't be looking at photos in some of Sunday's mm-hmm. papers from the funeral. Because yeah. we've seen it before where families requested privacy and the media was there in full full throng.
0: Right, OK. Uh, 911 our number to call this morning. You can text or WhatsApp now to 83 3500 uh, Right, John, I'll ask you this one first uh, with okay. your uh, political background. We have a new government um, coming into play in, I'm trying to think how many, but what, three, four weeks? 17th of December, we're told, new seashock. Mm, new government, we don't know how new it will be and what sort of reshuffle will be in force should we not be having an election, getting the news issue? It's not up to the people to decide who leads the country.
2: Well, think. the people decided the last time and they couldn't come to a decision, so they left it in limbo. So what happened was, because of the situation the country was in, there was the coalition government that has formed that's, that's there at the moment. Mm. And the funny thing is, the majority of people are reasonably happy with the government as it's operating at the moment, do you think because so? Do you say that from the polls, or do you do you sense that yourself? I sense you know? that from the public. Mm. They're basically saying, "Look, at, it's steady ship stuff at the time, and it's not a time for dram- dramatic changes in anything." Because remember, we're facing into an economic crisis two years down the road, and let nobody try to run away from it. The, the, Big tech jobs are going to, a lot of them are going to go, sadly to say, yeah. which means that we will end up at the same situation as we had before with capital gains tax, which was pumping the coffers of the state. All of a sudden, it dries up and we're in a mess. And I think we need to be very careful. And I will give the government credit. They have put by six billion, but I think they'll need another six along with it uh, come 2024.
0: Right, okay, so you don't have any difficulty. There was never talk of a rotating Taoiseach in your day, of course, far from it, or never there even... was. Er,
2: was there? Mm. There was. There was talk uh, of it uh, back with the Greens. a rotating Taoiseach between Labour, Labour. and Fine Gael. And yeah, joined the Rainbow Coalition, wasn't it? If you, if you, you go, go it, back yeah. and look at... There was a famous cartoon that was published in the Leeds Observer, which showed uh, the rotating Taoiseach, one of the two candidates on a spit. <laughs> right okay and I'm wondering which party (laughs) put it
1: so the moral of that story is to still get burned no matter who it is
0: (laughs) exactly Martina what do you what do you make of our new Taoiseach on the way in me all on the way out
1: I think it's a case of uh, of what John says says, steady as she goes like we don't need uh, an action replay of what's going on across the waters with our neighbours the UK at the moment that you know, even though they have the majority in, in Parliament, they can't even decide upon, um, uh, you know, about a leader or a leader that, you know, is not without uh, controversy. Yeah. I think the sharing of the Taoiseach is a kind of, as Leo Varadkar said himself, it's a kind of setting aside the Civil War um politics. You know, there's 42-41% there if we're to believe the polls. You wouldn't believe it if you were living in the United States with the polls recently. Yeah. And of course the 35% that Sinn Féin can kind of always swing or hold on to and then as for everybody else it's a kind of a, a matter of you know clamouring for the remainders um you know the government hasn't been without its controversy. You know we we've had the the Gulf Gate during COVID. We've had the Sapone, We've had Barry Cowan and the driving, um, you know, offences. Oh, yeah. We've had the Robert Troy. So we've had a lot of that going on, which sometimes distracts from you know government policy and government doing the job of government because they have to go in and they have to you know defend why this, that, and the other was done. So for me. I have no particular, you know, one way or the other as to who's leading as long as they're doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. OK, well,
0: well, you both seem reasonably happy with the government performance. So just before we move on, do you accept then, John, that if there were an election tomorrow morning, Sinn Féin would be in power? I don't know with whom or whatever, but that's the most likely scenario or... You, you don't see it that way. Well,
2: if you look at, at the polls, Finnega- or Sinn Féin are going to be the largest party. Mm. Yeah. But are they going to be able to form a government? Mm. Are they going to be able to fulfil all the promises that have been made? Because the fiscal situation will then come into play. And you could very well find a situation where they would be in power with uh, people before profit and a number mm. of other extreme left groups. And what would happen is that taxes for ordinary workers would be driven Driven, through the roof to try to deliver on the packages that they have promised. And I don't see it, to be honest, as a realistic situation. But there's another side of it. Maybe people in this country need them for a couple of years to show the other side of the kind and it mightn't do any harm. Martina?
0: Well, you can't
1: always shout in opposition that, you know, the party that's running the country is getting it wrong unless you come up with alternatives. And I have heard Mm. no alternatives from Sinn Fein. I've heard the constant expectation. I'd say, policy. We expect this to be applied to A, B, C, D and E. And you have to think about the funding, as John said, for all of that. Where's the funding coming from for everything that they're looking for? Like, we're not getting any younger, um, Nile, in this country. There's going to be 1.7 million people, yeah. 1.7 million over the age of 65 by the year 2030. That is a huge amount of individuals, all pensions, all pensions, all to be supported in this country because we can't allow them to go without either. So, and then the, the other side of the coin, a very young population also. And the middle-income people are continually,
0: which I'm one of, we're continually being squeezed. Um, nice to hear John Ellis this morning, says a listener. He was one of the best TDs <coughs> Sligo Leitrim had. Uh, there's none of his calibre today. There you go, John. Oh, and someone else says, John Ellis, one of the best Sligo Leitrim ever had. Uh, so there you go you got some fans out there this morning I'm sure there, there, there's good wishes coming your way as well Martina. which you will get to that's in a that's
1: alright I'm not feeling hard done by
0: can I ask you about the, the gambling uh, the, the government crackdown on um, advertising gambling advertisements uh, which we covered on the show during the week was it about time this happened John or was it something that had to be done it's or?
2: long past time is it this has been talked about even in my time uh, gambling is a major problem out there and the family, or the social consequences and the family consequences of gambling, are frightening. And we all know cases of where families have gone into serious problems. It's actually yeah. as big a problem in its own way as drugs, because people are ending up going into bookie shops, uh, gambling money that they don't have or can never hope to pay.
0: Well, they don't so, have to go into the bookie shops anymore. I think that's that's well, I, uh,
2: online gambling online. should never have been allowed. Ever, and credit card payments should never have been allowed <coughs> because at least if you stopped that, they had to go to the bookie yeah, shop and they had to physically I, I present themselves. And, yeah, and and, 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 and that
0: did make a difference. In my opinion, it, did. it It's just too easy and accessible now.
2: There would, isn't it? there would be responsibility on the operators of the bookies yeah to see who their clients were and to see who the people were that were heading into trouble. And there again, there should be some. Uh, uh, organisation that would be made aware of the problem that A, B or C has a gambling problem Uh, we feel you should talk to them or talk to their family
0: Right, okay, you agree with that uh, Martina? Yeah, I think
1: there needs to be the the regulation from within all uh, you know issues like that. And John's right. It is an addiction, exactly the same as drug abuse, alcohol abuse. There are probably families sitting out at tables this morning, even in our own area here, geographical area, that because of either our parent or maybe either our sibling or a child, you know, that uh, there are huge issues now finance-wise in a house because they've gambled something or they've spent it on some other form of of addiction. I think... we're way behind when it comes to the rest of Europe with gambling regulation. England have it since 2005. We talked about it in 2013, but did nothing about it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a disgrace that you can go into a betting shop and there can be an ATM there and they can access money in that uh, betting shop. That should never have been, they should never have been allowed, as John said, to use credit cards to place bets because that is your, and and not alone that, it also, the, the under kind of body of all of this is you know the loan sharks that are out there as well that also yeah. that's another side to this socially kind of entity where they go to others for help and that help turns into another huge burden of debt for a family oh, so right. there's okay. huge so, areas there So long
0: long before time action was taken yeah. but is it going to be effective? Well time will tell I suppose Well uh, it
1: hasn't. Sure they haven't consulted a lot of the organisations with the bill and what, what the contents of it are so it'll be interesting to see now what a lot of the uh, gambling bodies have to say about it
0: Here's one of your compliments. Uh, would Martina ever consider a career in politics herself? She is not afraid to give her op- her opinion. She should be at the top of the HSE. It seems like she would have the skills to make improvements.
1: Oh, the Lord save us in places. No, the one well, you, you wouldn't. You, you see, wouldn't see, someone be, like me is not needed. Go, well, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not flavour because I say it as it is, warts yeah. and all. And I could tell you at a meeting, you know, would you ever go out the door and come back in again and say something else to me? But I will sit. Go out of the meeting, sit, look at it, come back in again and say, yeah, maybe this is workable. We'll work it around. I'm not a yes person at a meeting. I've worked with loads of people who have said yeah. yes. they They don't do it. They go out of the meeting and they don't do it, whereas I might be the person that would say no when I go out of the meeting and I do do it.
0: So okay. <laughs> th- well, well, just to, to expand on that point, vincey has been on to say, I, I as a voter would prefer an election instead of sticking with 100 years of shafting the working class. Your commentators this morning seem to be out of touch. Do they think the health service has been managed well? As steady as they go has kept this, has kept this country in the convenient gravy train that the system thrives on. Uh, is this health service being managed well John do you think or have we still got serious issues as we had during many of the years that you were a TD what are your thoughts on our health service in general in this country
2: I think our health service uh, deteriorated uh, once the health boards went in, in my opinion the health boards were that basically, the ordinary person county councillor going into a health board meeting, raising the queries that had been raised with them by their mm. local constituents, and so they, so they
0: weren't—they weren't just talking shops. You think, think, or no? No, or there were anything, handy expenses for councillors. No,
2: no, there were anything but talking shops, and they got results because many times, and there's many projects were only got done because the local county councillors went in who were on the health board kicked the door. I remember the day that the Northwestern Helper was actually set up in mm. Carrick and Shannon. Mm. I'm old enough to remember that. And it worked. But then when it was decided that everything would be done nationally, nobody became accountable. And even the... the likes of Paul Reed and these, these guys had an impossible position because they couldn't be kept aware of what was going on in every hospital, in every area in the country. It just couldn't be done. It was a human impossibility. But the card, the mess always landed on the chief executive's table. And it's no different than the, nurse, the nurses' situation. We're educating nurses in this country and sending them off right round the world. And the estimated cost, I'm told, of educating anyone to get out of third level is a quarter of a million euros. That's approximately it from basic mm. national schools that they, they get their degree. Now, it's sad to think that these well-educated people are leaving us and going off to better conditions, better everything in either Canada or Australia, wherever it is. And I think that there should be an incentive put in place for them, that they would remain in the country for at least three years after qualification, be paid at a proper rate and see if the Irish system was able to handle their needs rather than heading off first and then deciding whether they wanted to stay or come back.
0: Well, you, you, well you, and have Martina, to... and have you recruited into the I, oh after? Lord
1: service, uh, bring them in, please. Um, I'd have to agree with you on that, because our strike of uh, 2019, which was a strike after 20 years from the previous strike, um, whilst there's been application of the pay award to the staff nurses and staff midwives, and that wasn't fraught with its difficulty as well, yeah. there has been no application of the pay award to the management grades within nursing to date. Um, they are still waiting on it. It's supposed to be backdated until the first of February, which leaves then management grades being difficult to recruit into, and you do need leaders within um, organisations. Yes, you need the foot soldiers, but you also do need the leaders uh, of and do good we not calibre. Have, do we not have
0: the leaders of
2: good? Well, I'm
1: talking don't. about nurse and midwifery leaders. I'm not particularly talking about management grade six, seven, eight, mm. or whatever it is. I I have to agree with John. The local was the way to deal with locally what was happening in an area. When you had the Don Loches, the Manus Wards, the Pat Gohans, the Pat Harveys, you got things done. Yes, they were fraught with their difficulties and their whatever, but they listened in at meetings. Even from a human uh, resources perspective, the John Mellies of the world were excellent at dealing with human resource issues. We're we're seriously missing those type of individuals now. Yeah, it might have been a bit of a nod and a wink, and, you know, I'll scratch your back and you scratch mm. my back. There's none of that anymore. It's, Lord us if you raise an issue about something, it goes up through about five different managers before it gets heard about. It comes back down through those five different managers before it's heard about. You know, I train at the minute. Individuals that are in in front of me haven't heard about the basic stuff. You know the sanity, the Med Medica hand uh, hand washes. You know there we can use them after their expiry dates. A year for the sanity post expiry because otherwise it would be dumped. Yeah. Uh, three years from the date of manufacture of the Med Medica and. The foot soldiers on the ground don't know that. Why is that? But the memos have been issued from the top of the chain, as I do say, the food yeah. chain, because that's what it is.
0: Yeah. But the foot
1: soldiers on the ground
0: don't know it, so they're dumping it. OK, well, just before we move away from the health issue, I think, all air you were both agreeing and we were talking in general about the health service that community service or lack thereof is, is one of the real problems. John, you're saying it has always been like that, has it, down the years?
2: <clears throat> it has always been a problem, get home care packages and get home care workers. And part of the problem was that the people who provide the service uh, weren't being properly paid. They were were able to make as much uh, in stacking shelves in the supermarket as they were being paid, despite the fact that for a long time they actually had even provide their own transport and were very poorly paid for it. But what we need to do is, if we don't go and get proper home care packages put in place, and it shouldn't take... Two months, which it's taken in some cases at the moment to get them, I'm being told, put in place. Somebody should be able to take the decision. And it's like back to what Martina said earlier. Uh, When you had the old health board, uh, you went into whoever was responsible. You explained your position and it might be a nod or a wink. But the thing was got sorted out. It hadn't to go the food chain up and down. And by the time it came back, the poor person uh, could either be fully institutionalised in in a home and not be able to return home. Whereas if they had been dealt with at the start, they'd be able to remain in their own home and save a bed in a nursing home or in a, in a public hospital. But the amount of bed blocking in this country is frightening. Yeah.
1: They don't don't call them bed blocking anymore. They're delayed discharges. Delayed discharges. Okay. Correct term. Community
0: services. I'd
1: say, I I hear where John's coming from, mm -hmm. and I'd say that the greatest travesty that has occurred in this country in the last 20 years has been the contraction of public service beds for older person care and the privatisation of older person care. And no one has batted an eyelid to it because it has all happened a kind of insidiously. The beds contracted. HICWA came in. Yes, we do need a regulator, but HICWA put the clamp on many of our public um, you know, services that were provided. St, Jan- St. John's Hospital won an example here, does not have the same number of beds as when I trained or did my stint there as a student nurse, you know, in, in the mid to late 80s. It is far contracted from what that model of care was at the time. Older person services is always the Cinderella services. They're the last to receive, you might say, anything from within the pecking order of health. And I think it's a travesty to think that a lot of those individuals now who are through the Fair Deal um, scheme or other schemes are having to fund themselves in care in their older space or continuum in life, which is a sad indictment, I think, on any society. Another service that they would probably move to do that on in the morning mm. and are already by stealth trying to do it is intellectual disability services because they will contract that service also but I think the public would definitely rise up in arms if there was any moves to privatize care for intellectual disability services. Now, there
0: are private providers out there, but they're in the minority as opposed to the majority. OK, this person says, why would you want to nurse here in Ireland, understaffed, underpaid and not appreciated after what they endured during the height of COVID and yet the government still deducts the universal social charge when decent hardworking people bailed out the bankers and they wonder then why nurses are emigrating. Someone else rang in to say they're on a waiting list for five years with hip for a hip replacement. No sign of it. COVID is still the same great excuse. Um, right, OK. Uh, and lots of questions coming in about various issues. I don't know if we'll have time to get around to them all. Let's ask you briefly about the World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, John, in Qatar, which starts on Sunday. Will you watch the World Cup?
2: Or do you watch World Cups in general? Uh, Like 90% of the people in the country, I look at some of it, I mightn't see it all. But uh, I think that this World Cup is exposing a lot of other things that uh, to us as uh, Western citizens, let's put it that way, are not too acceptable. Yeah. And so I think
0: t- that- so should should we as viewers or as as someone who as people who like to watch the world should we, we be taking a stand and saying it's not acceptable there are views towards members of the LGBTQ plus community, there are views towards women. Should we be taking a stand? I don't know what But well,
2: what, how do you how do you
0: take the well, stand? Well, that's it, I don't
2: know. Because you have
0: to I, stay, I know in and France they have, mm. they have they I, have I they've put placed a ban on outdoor large screens now, I don't know why you watch well, a World uh, Cup match uh, in the middle of November. I don't think that
2: anybody would we want an outdoor screen no, in the so. November or December but I think what's, what's happening here is that uh, local uh, regulation yeah. is stealthily being reintroduced now that they've got to the stage of no return that it cannot go that it could not go backwards. Like You hear the story this morning that uh, even Budweiser is going to be banned Now, they accepted when they took the World Cup that alcohol was going to be available for people who went to it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that people should be going and getting into mobs and causing riots or anything like that. But what I am saying is that uh, it's a social event and it's a social event that has been so commercialised that is out of the reach of ordinary people to go to it. When you hear them talking about a minimum of €240 Euros a night for a bed, yeah. and that's at the very lower end of it, uh, it's it's ridiculous. And I feel for ordinary supporters uh, who want might like to go for some of the matches, they just couldn't afford it.
0: Yeah. yeah you will be watching it, though. You'll, you'll, you'll like, oh, will you will, yeah. I will, yeah. See, will you? All right, okay, Martina, you football fan, World Cup Yeah, I've been watching
1: it as well. I suppose yep. me, me, me. Club of choice. Uh, I better be careful now. They they wear red as well, but they're 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 Liverpool. They're not doing too brilliantly at the minute. But not, they're know. clawing their way back. Well,
0: not too bad after but We're
1: six six just the as table. well because they're all Liverpool fans in yeah. our house. Yeah, you see, John's right. Sport should be exempt really from politics, but it's yeah, not but because can, can it, it, can it can't operate be, in a vacuum of what's be, going on it? in a society. It yeah. just
0: can't. Well, I remember being at school, and that's a long time ago. And the perennial essay was that sport and politics don't mix and we're still talking about we're it. We're
1: still talking about it yeah. because you'll you can you'll never get the balance. You will never get the balance right. But you know, m- lots of countries that have held the World Cup in the past have had poor, you know, human rights records. Yeah. You know, Brazil, uh, South Africa, none of them have had, even if you go back far enough, Germany certainly didn't have a good human rights record during World War II. So mm. you have to sit And judge something from where you're sitting at that point in moment in time. Ethnocentrically, we cannot apply our Western society norms to what are the norms in that culture. They have their own cultural rights. They're holding it. What amazes me is the population of Qatar. There's only about 350,000 that are actually indigenous people Mm. there. The population is about 3 million, but the rest of them are all expats. They are extremely wealthy. And then there's a subculture within it of these... Calafal workers that are held by sponsors that, you know, can't get out of the place unless their sponsor says you can go back home. And during the earthquake in Nepal, many of the Nepalese that were there working weren't able to go back home to see if their families had survived the earthquake. So there's huge cultural issues. But setting all that aside, like, of course I'll watch it. Of course it's interfering, you know, with, Mags will be listening to me now with things like Strictly and the normal TV scheduling, which I'll be annoyed uh, about.
0: That's upsetting a lot of people this morning we can see from the text that the TV schedules are being disrupted hugely by this so those who like to watch I don't know the soaps or Celebrity, get me out of here! Is that uh, there is going to be inconvenience there, I think as well. But
1: yeah, but uh, you know, we'll live with it because it's only a short. I think it's only about three or four weeks of a of a window two. altogether. Yeah, you know. But just the whole premise of how it was awarded, I think, to Qatar is it yeah. kind of where all this started off at? We've got to go back to 2010 yeah. and what was going on in 2010 that this country was awarded the World Cup with no stadium, yeah. you know, to yeah, to and then, well I think we all know. The exactly. Uh, yeah, how that we do came
0: about all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Lots of texts and comments uh, coming in. Black Friday, will you be rushing out? Black Friday, is it's ne- next Friday, next isn't Friday, this day? Yeah. John, will you be rushing out to, to buy all your Christmas goodies in Black Friday?
2: Black Friday is a massive marketing opportunity that's been taken to con people into buying products in many cases they don't want. Well, that's telling and them. <laughs> I think that tells you that, as far as I'd be concerned, uh, Black Friday will be no different to me than any other Friday.
0: Never bought into it. An American concept, as we know, you never bought into it, or you think people are being, uh, being hoodwinked, conned, the marketing creation, all You that.
2: see, it's not... If you need something, if you need yeah. a new vacuum cleaner, and you know for the past month that you need a new vacuum cleaner, I'd, I'd wait until... Black Friday and see who is going to give me the best deal. But if you're buying something that you mightn't need for the next six months yeah. or mightn't need it all and lend up in the back of the garage, uh, it's it's a marketing tool, a marketing ply that works. Yeah,
0: well, it does seem to work. Martina, are you into Black Friday? Are you? I'm not
1: really. I don't think I've ever bought, bought anything on Black Friday in my life. But there's the other, like there's the Cyber Mondays as well. Like there's, yeah. there's everything now to entice the consumer into the shop. I think the CCPC, uh, which is the Competition and um, Consumers Protection Authority, did a survey there recently. And I think about 61% of Irish consumers don't trust sales anyway. So, you know, they really do need regulation in that area as well i think they need to prove don't just be gimmicked by a sign do your homework go in online which i think 80 percent of people most of the time do anyway go in and check on the indexes what were the prices running up for the last you know six months and see if it actually is a reduction now i know i'm the sort of person that if i went in and i saw a sign in the shop i'd challenge them if i thought that it was at a a lesser price two weeks previous you? oh absolutely like, why put up a false... Sometimes I've taken a picture of something, I've gone back to the shop and I've said, hold on a minute, that's not a sale. This is what you had this up as three weeks ago. It was less than what it is now. And, and, and until consumers start doing that... what did they say to you in general? There wasn't, there wasn't a lot they could say. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. know, they, they, they can't really. They can't because if you have the evidence there, the evidence speaks for itself. I hadn't photoshopped the thing or done anything. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to anyway. But it's just, you know... I do feel that we're being bombarded with consumerism as well. There will be an awful lot of people caught out, particularly with online purchases during uh, Black Friday. And again, I say it, it's probably an Americanism that is filtered over here because it's the day after Thanksgiving. So it's a big American, uh, you know, cultural move across the Atlantic. I don't particularly agree with it. Have the sales... Traditionally, when we always had the sales in January, yeah, maybe somebody might like to say I haven't moved with the times. But like, the Lord save us, we're bombarded now with everything. It's just... Yeah.
0: OK, uh, this person, is great to hear John Ellis on your show this morning. John is a true gentleman and someone else says, um, I, I won't inflate your ego even more, John, I'll skip to the second part of the text. We miss John Ellis's common sense approach to everything. In his day, we had great politicians before <coughs> political correctness went mad. Would you agree with that, John? Has political correctness gone mad? or
2: It's gone totally mad. Mm. Because politicians aren't able to act. If you were Now, if you arrive to a politician now, you have to give them an authority under the freedom of information for them to make representation on your behalf. In my day, you went and you did it, and that was it. And if there was any problem, you, you see, you had one advantage probably. Mm. You knew who you were dealing with. Now people don't know who they're dealing with and everything is online. Everything now I'm told by my former colleagues is you get an email this morning with regards to Mrs. Uh, Bloggs' back door that it's not working right. And Mrs. Bloggs is back on the next morning to know have you arranged with the council to send somebody out to repair it. It's all instant service. And the net result is that politicians are getting switched off and the public is getting switched off with them. But definitely political mm. correctness has gone through the roof and until we get a bit of common sense restored politicians are in an awkward position Okay, So, so it's, back, it's back to
0: the health boards we were talking about earlier. It was better when you had the clinics and the meetings at, and the one on one.
2: When I could go in to Pat Harvey or someone else and say look at Pat there's a problem in the hospital in Kerry and Shannon. Here's ABC can you go and talk to somebody Having, before you went to Pat Harvey, having gone to whoever was in charge in the hospital and said, look, it, I have to do this. Will you see if you can get it sorted out for uh, Pat Harvey or whoever the, the Pat was at the day? and I'll tell you one thing there were several things that were got done that I got done politically and if it was today I'd be in jail for them and what I mean is now there's people whom you not on air John no no, people whom people whom you could trust and go and say look at there is a problem like there there was social there was family problems and if you if you put them out in the public arena today Well, you'd have a tribunal and you'd have inquiries and everything where the problems were dealt with and dealt with properly. And satisfactory by social workers and others whom, if it was today, they'd be afraid to take a decision and afraid to do anything because of the fear of somebody coming yeah. in over them. And, and well, but you, a you bus- know what,
0: some people will say that that system that you talk about uh, wasn't always in the best interest of everybody, and there were well publicized difficulties with that <coughs> sort of a not I won't say it was not in a wink system, but that sort of we take it upon ourselves to get X, Y, and Z done. It, there was abuse of the system going on then as well,
2: wasn't there? But th- 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 I'll tell you, there's abuse of the system going on at the minute. I heard a case recently uh, where somebody uh, went to buy a site. Yeah. And they were told that they couldn't get planning permission. This happened now four or five years ago. They're told they couldn't get planning permission on it and wouldn't get it. Next thing was, someone else goes in, buys it and builds a mansion on it. Right. Now, that that is the sort of thing... That would never happen in the previous world because uh, that' gone to the local council whoever it was, and it would be either this is what you need to get Brown to get your plan in, or there's no plan in and nobody else would get planning on it after
0: yeah yeah right okay uh, you you had to be and you still have to be very politically correct, Martina and I'm sure you were extremely politically correct when you were president of the INMO. Uh,
1: times it wasn't times it wasn't I to be honest, I'm the anybody that knows me knows that I'm the sort of person that what's in is out. What you see is what you and get. And what you see is what you get, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And I, cu- I couldn't care what somebody thinks of me. As my mother used to say, I don't have to go home to sleep with them at night. <laughs> so, you know, they're welcome to say it to me face. I would say it to theirs. I do. There is no filters with me. Uh, absolutely no filters. Uh, you know, I, I suppose the union management used to sit at times wondering what is she going to say now? You need that. You need the elephant in the room to actually function as the elephant in the room and actually challenge at times, or the bull in the china shop, to raise the question that's in everybody else's head, but they won't say it. Having the courage. And they're having the courage to say it. I couldn't care. I absolutely couldn't care. I, I, I'm. You only have to speak to me, family, and they'll know that because every time I walk into a room, some of them just go, oh my God, she's here again. What's <laughs> she going to say? I don't care. It's the way I was brought up and reared and... You hold your head high and as long as you know you're right about something well and good. Equally, I will shore up the hands and I will say, I really messed up that. So I will fess up as well equally as quick. Or I will apologise to someone there and then. I think what John was talking about is the face to face is gone. Yeah. everything is digitalized. you go on the phone, press one for this press two for that, oh, press talk. three for the other press four for this then you get through to the four, the number four and you get another press one for this, press two for this press three for this, press four for this so much so that you're 15 minutes on the phone and you're still trying to get through to the basic human who yeah. will then go through a rigmarole of copyright stuff to you and tell you that the phone call is going to be recorded and you still might get no you know, representative from that particular body that you're trying to get through and if you do they tell you those words that you don't want to hear I can't deal with your issue here I'll have to put you through to someone else and I'm there going oh my god but yet you go into the third level colleges at the minute and there's more courses on uh, uh, you know um, human resources consumer rights, how to deal with customers. There's everything there. Marketing, business, you name it, it's there. It's far removed from yeah. maybe the shop that you go into there's not even interaction now with some of the young ones that serve you at
0: a till it's gone it's beep beep
1: it's gone there's no hello how are you, D- yeah. you know the, the one thing they might ask you is did you get any diesel or petrol that,
0: that's the one question well, you're, you're always <laughs> asked that for, for some reason whether you have it or not <laughs> every time you go in you're asked that and, and just finally John taking that into account what, what you've said and what Martina said
2: do you miss politics at all Would you like
0: to be a politician in this day and age?
2: A politician in this day and age is a perilous position to be. You're there, you always want to remember one thing you're there at the behest of the public. And there's that much social media out there that somebody can be destroyed in 24 hours by an anonymous individual. And this is something that's going to have to be tackled. Anonymous people putting up things on social media, destroying politicians, destroying public people, destroying doctors, destroying nurses, destroying everybody. It's wrong. But we're we're all talking about uh, all these so-called Facebook and everything. They're supposed to have these people that regulate it. They never take anything because you could go in and set up a Facebook account tomorrow morning and unless that there is an investigation they won't be able to find us. You can put up what you like and you can basically destroy people overnight.
0: Right, okay. Lots and lots of good wishes coming your way. Lots and lots of opinions... uh Coming through uh, this morning. Well, well R I P. Twitter is actually trending this morning, so maybe be careful what you wish for, John. I reckon Twitter is is coming to an end. Well, uh, it because of what's it was happening.
2: It won't be overly missed by ninety percent of people. Okay, how'd uh, you Donald Trump mightn't be able to get back into business. Mm, if they it might not get
0: back in. Yeah, I wanted to get to Trump. Um, <laughs> great panel today. Very direct and honest as someone else. Someone else is great listening this morning both panellists talking so much since this morning. Someone else says, two great people on your show uh, this morning. Uh, Niall, that lady is my kind of woman, says this person. Give
1: me the number. number. (laughs) number. (laughs) Uh, Alan, are you listening?
0: (laughs) And and someone else says, John Ellis was a brilliant TD, a very talented individual. So,